At the end of each week, I will sit and contemplate, what did I think about this week? What insights am I having in my marriage? What grabbed my attention in pop culture? What new mommy moments did I experience? Whatever makes my highlight reel at the end of the week is going to be a part of the discussion. Join me. Let's talk about it. Hey yo, what's good with everybody? This is Janine and you are tuned into another episode of What Did I Think About This Week? I hope everybody's week has been wonderful, prosperous, blessed, loving, all that good stuff. We finally finished January, guys. It felt like it was forever, but we persevered. And um, some of us are starting 2019 in February because we just wasn't ready in January yet. We just weren't ready pineapples, but it's all good. Okay, it's Black History Month, which means that we are bound for greatness and we're bound to do some amazing things in these 28 days. So if you wasn't ready in January, we have a brand new start this month. All right. And in light of Black History Month, this episode, for the most part, is going to be unapologetically black. (laughs) But if you're of the Caucasian persuasion, it's okay. You can still listen in. We love everybody here on this podcast. But yeah, we're going to have some dope topics to talk about today. Um, Before we get into that, I have a couple of quick shout outs. Uh, Shout out to my cousin Dwayne, aka Highlight. Um, He's been such a supporter of the podcast since the beginning, always giving me an encouraging word. Uh, He came through the other day and dropped off some uh, equipment, tools, and apparatus of sorts. I don't know what to call it yet, but it's definitely going to be something that I'm going to be able to use in the progression of this podcast. So shout out to you. Make sure you guys follow him on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, Not only is he a rapper with dope bars, but he's also spreading the love and grace of God, which is amazing. So make sure you check him out. Uh, Shout out to my fellow podcasters, my girl Arielle Clark, host of Check Please Podcast, and my guy Wes of I Got Next Podcast, both of them dropping dope content on a regular basis. Make sure you like and subscribe, add them to your podcast playlist. And uh, shout out to my best friend, Ariel, creator of Black Vibes Worldwide Travel Page. Get flued out with Ariel. (laughs) Um, She's getting folks drunk off of mimosas at travel brunches all over the metro Atlanta area. (laughs) Make sure you check her out. And last but certainly not least, shout out to all of you all. Shout out to my listeners. Shout out to Nina Mafia. Yes, I'm trying to make that a thing. So help assist out and hashtag that. All right. Shout out to you guys. Just looking at my numbers, I can tell that uh, a lot of you are coming back every week and actually giving a bloop about what I have to say and, and what I have to yap about. So shout out to you. And it's also showing you guys are sharing and you guys are talking about it and you're getting other people involved in the conversation. So shout out to all of you guys. Wouldn't be a podcast without you. All right, so now that we've gotten the formalities out of the way, I would like to introduce everybody to two new guests to the podcast. I'm having new guests all this year. I'm so excited about it. But these two people are two people that I hold near and dear to my heart. These are two of my first bosses, my first mentors, my first life coaches, spiritual guidance counselors, uh, therapists on some level, but most importantly, my grandparents. So without further ado, I would like to introduce everybody to my grandparents, Regina and Jeffrey, aka Gigi and Papa Jeff. Well, thank you, Janine. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for being part of the podcast. Awesome. I'm so proud of you for doing this. This Thank you. This is an amazing uh, platform to get um, information to people that 
otherwise wouldn't never be discussed. Oh, well, I'm glad you feel that way. Anybody who knows me or, or has listened to the mm-hmm. podcast, at least, knows that I credit a lot of who I am to the fact that I have an amazing family and like an amazing support system. And I feel like deep down in y'all hearts, y'all know that why I'm doing a podcast in a large part is because of you two. Okay. You know that, right? <laughs> and just a little background story. So... Uh, when I was in high school and it was nearing time to graduate and um, and go to college, we would have conversations about, you know, yes, I like a lot of things and I'm good or I do well inside of a lot of areas, but I haven't necessarily found my passion. And then Papa Jeff was like, why don't, why don't you do broadcast? You know, that's like TV and that's radio and that fits your personality. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Not knowing at the time that that really was a passion for me. And then more recently, Gigi was having a conversation like, I feel like... A lot of our family members are so talented, but we have to stop being spectators and we have to start being doers. And I was like, well, if that's not lighting a fire up under my butt, then then, okay. So I started to do it. Well, you know what encouraged me to encourage you to get into uh, media is that uh, you wrote a letter. Uh, back at nine eleven, during that, during that period, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and that letter was so profound till it made the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And once it made the newspaper, I, it, it obviously impacted thousands of people after that because your sincerity and the things that you felt about that period in t- in time, yeah, uh, it made a difference in the world. And I always knew that you would make a difference in the world, Janine. Oh, so for dear. that reason, you know, I knew that you 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 needed to say something. Mm-hmm. And the way that you so eloquently wrote that letter, you know, you needed to say something. And there, there's a constant flow of, of this same uh, eloquence that comes out of you, along with the uh, plus intelligence. Because, I, you know, I want to <laughs> remind the listeners that this is not just a podcaster. This is a bright, you know, genius level uh, podcast. I'm blushing, guys. And I'm not just saying that (laughs) because she's my granddaughter, but, you know, it's true. You deserve deserve a voice on this planet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just Millie Rocks. Whenever I start the YouTube channel, y'all going to see me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you always um, approached matters, whether it be... um, uh, family related um peer related everything was with intensity mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so of course um we've always viewed you as someone who sought information uh spread information and also um the fact that well the time you interviewed your family um on during the time you were on a trip to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> I remember that. That's funny. Yeah. And I think <laughs> That's you funny. were, what, about 11, 12? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, That's very funny. young. But you were so intent upon making certain that everyone knew what your living conditions were because you were excited <laughs> about the uh, condo in which you stayed. And um, you really enjoyed uh, just sharing those moments. So this time is 
of no surprise to me. That's awesome. And that just shows why it's so important to have people around you who love you and care about you and and are intentional in the impact they put into your growth because a lot of what y'all saw in me I didn't see yet until really just now. <laughs> so thank you. I, I feel love. This is great. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. this is wonderful. So, um... I also told Gigi and Papa Jeff about my podcast venture, but I also told them, I don't know if I want y'all to listen because me and my guests, mouths be filthy and we say things, but they all know that I do not mean to disrespect in any kind of way, but today's going to be a PG-13 episode. <laughs> Needless to say, I am drinking tea. I don't have champagne or nothing. I'm drinking tea. <laughs> but um, basically the flow of the podcast is we're going to talk about a few pop culture topics. We're going to get your insight on that. And then um, towards the end, and want to have a more personal conversation with you guys. Okay. So before we get into what did I think about this week, a quick word from our sponsors. All right, guys. So this week on what I think about this week, just some information for my fellow stupid, stupid Northsiders. I've been noticing some changes on Jimmy Carter. I don't know. It could just be me. I could just not be paying attention the way that I should. But I feel like they're trying to do some some changes over there. I saw where they put a super Walmart over there. They just opened, uh, it's called a Kid's Paradise, which is like a younger age version of like a Chuck E. Cheese. Mm. That's supposed to be very nice. Trampolines. Trampolines right. and stuff. Mm. I saw on the main Jimmy Carter street headed towards 85, they put a Starbucks and they put a Chipotle. I love Chipotle. So when they start putting Chipotle in places, I'm paying attention. (laughs) I've been an advocate for Chipotle and I've noticed they only put it in areas where they feel like is a nicer area. So they may Mm -hmm. be making some changes over there. I'm excited about it. It's funny really because, uh, you know, there was a, during this particular period, you know, it's a real separation in technology Mm -hmm. business, technological businesses and brick and mortar business. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's an influx of brick and mortar businesses for food service, mm-hmm. for um, um, physical service like mm-hmm. uh, salons, yeah, and yeah. barbers. So it's more of an influx of that kind of business going on. But I've noticed that the internet and and Amazon that's the new joint. Oh, because absolutely! During Christmas, I don't think they went into a store. Nope, everything was de- de- delivered. And then yeah. you go into a store, you pretty much found what you needed because nobody's yeah. in there. <laughs> so I think that's why the landscape on Jimmy Carter has changed. That's yeah. a huge Walmart over there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I would like to see them bring Publix back where they replaced it with food uh, on food depot. Or yeah. do y'all like food depot? Well, <laughs> we like some things about it. The yeah. staples are uh, less expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I really would like a, a a store that cares about the place that they uh, exist on, like yeah, the yeah. property, because uh, Food Depot, de- Food Depot, rather. Food Depot. <laughs> food Depot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the lights are off in the parking lot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. The carts are out in the middle of the street. For sure. You know, and um, it's just a, a lot of things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even when you walk into the door, uh, the, the carts are woogity. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just those little things, I think, that make a shopping experience a little more pleasurable. And that's why we go to Publix, because it just seems like a more inviting yeah. type of situation. Yeah. It seems like they care about their produce yeah. and their products exactly. and everybody's nice and it's clean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely they, agree They with that. greet you even. Yeah. You know, they say hello when you walk into Publix. Yeah. It's easy to compare because that was a Publix 
prior to. Mm-hmm. Prior to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can actually really see the difference. I think those things make a community better. Absolutely, you know, yeah. If, yeah. If you don't have the, you know, if the, 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 the store ownership and management doesn't care enough about their property to keep it safe for their shoppers, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, it's, the neighborhood is going to crumble soon. That's know? a fact. And, and that's why I was saying with the new businesses and Jimmy Carter, maybe they're trying to bring that pride of the community back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, that's that's, part, that's a good so. lure. Yeah. yeah. That's a good lure because I like uh, to hit the Starbucks too sometimes, but not all the time. You know, I like my uh, chai tea lattes and my green tea fraps, but you know. See, now who knew? <laughs> Who knows about that stuff? <laughs> I want a cup of coffee, please. Can I get a cup sugar. of coffee? A yeah. big one. Like all the all those other words. I just need a large one, please. Exactly. And thank you. Yeah, so shout out, shout out to Jimmy Carter. I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of developing and what type of growth is going to go in that area of town because that's where we grew up mostly. So shout out to that. Um, let's talk about a sad situation. Um, Jesse Smollett of Empire. Um, was assaulted in Chicago at 2 a.m. as he was walking from a subway. And um, he was attacked by two males wearing ski masks. Um, they proceeded to yell out racial and and homophobic slurs. They assaulted him, of course, and then um, yelled out, this is MAGA country. Uh, sad situation. Uh, sad that we're dealing with this. Oh, not to mention, I forgot this was a major part. They also put a noose around his neck. So this is a scary and sad situation in 2019. Now, I call y'all my gangster grandparents, not because y'all go around slapping people up, but just because y'all are cooler than me. (laughs) And because y'all may look like you're only 30 or 40, but you were definitely alive and around in a time where blatant racism was very prevalent. And to have witnessed it then and to kind of see that still happening now, how does that make you feel? What are your thoughts on that? Systematic racism is a big problem in this country. Mm-hmm. Now, um, they propagandized this story uh, about Jesse Swalett, and they're saying that it could be false. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair to him as a victim. Absolutely. Um, and whether those line items took place against him at all, you know, then, you know, whoever the assailants was, they need to come forward. Yeah. They need to be caught. They need to be locked up. But if if the propaganda side is that if this was a lover's quarrel at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. on your way to Subway, <laughs> that's really, you know, that's not cool for him to put that out. To try like to make that. it seem like it's something. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I just think that the reporters should not do a rush to judgment. Yeah. Uh, until all of the facts have been gathered because then it's difficult to actually take a lot of these cases to trial mm-hmm. uh, because of so much. They've actually been tried in the media. Mm-hmm. So we really don't know. We didn't know enough about it to um, actually make a sound decision or have a, a an opinion about it. But it, it, it simply lets us know that things have not changed very much, mm-hmm. and um, there was extreme aggression mm-hmm. towards us at the time, being called Negroes, um, with the black, white, 
um, this MAGA, Make America Great Again, it was never really great for us. Anyway. Anyway, uh, we're constantly being attacked and uh, viciously attacked to the point of murder or um, extreme injuries because of the fact that um, uh, people such as the people who are supposed to protect us, police officers, when it gets to a point where we're being attacked by the people who are supposed to protect and serve, protect us, thank you, to protect us, then um, it's a a different type of of, uh, racism. Mm -hmm. It's beyond overt. Mm -hmm. And the police follow a different slogan now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It used to be to protect and serve. Now it's to uphold the law. Mm-hmm. So the law is subject to the situation mm-hmm. uh, that they are encountering. So mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling this new evolution of what I call uh, um, um, slave master. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With a badge and a gun, and if he didn't have it, would he? Would he? Would he be so aggressive toward, um, you know, uh, issues of hurting black men or killing black men or would he even see the black man as a target? You know, there's a lot of subliminals in police training that I've noticed, even in just marksmanship period, because I consider myself an avid marksman, Mm -hmm. but that target, the silhouette is black. Mm -hmm. And it's from the shoulders up, I mean, from the the chest up that the target pictures. Mm -hmm. And when that subliminal is outside of the parameters of that gun range. That's what you're saying, uh-huh. You know, it's that, it's that locked-in imagery that makes a cop feel at ease about pulling the trigger on that silhouette. You mm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's fair. Again, systematic racism goes far, far beyond Jesse Swalette and the other victims of people or, or these, uh, these crimes that are being committed toward black people as well as genders and races and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. You know, the the issue that I have question about is why is there such um, parallel between the races or the pigments on this planet? We're all different shades, but we're under one race, mm-hmm. the human race. And we have to respect and treat each other as humans in order for us to get uh, beyond where we are right now. Absolutely. I agree with that. Something that Gigi mentioned is that um, they should refrain from giving too much of the story until all of the evidence is gathered. And I spoke on this before. We live in a culture where people want their information now and microwave. they come to microwave reactions and they want to come to conclusions very quickly. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, social media provides people with this mask or this screen or this courage or confidence to come out and say whatever they want to say. And what was discouraging for me is like, I'm going through my Facebook feed. I'm like, y'all are exposing yourselves. Mm -hmm. And whether or not you believe in homosexuality or whatever, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, he wasn't just walking from a, a, um, a subway. He was on a dating app looking for a date and that's how he was targeted regardless Mm -hmm. he was targeted Mm -hmm. and 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 he was assaulted so Mm -hmm. i don't understand why you're trying to justify why Mm -hmm. he was out at 2 a.m and he still has rights and he still has rights regardless yeah and so it's it's this mega thing is what um 
I think is another problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know this country's polarized and it's polarized from the top down. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a whole slew of you know millions of people out there that believe in this mega thing, mm-hmm. and you know we as as people of color know that this country was never great. Mm-hmm. It was never great for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's always had its advantages for the uh, so-called white man, and it's just another issue for us to have to deal with that's being rekindled over again from the 60s, 50s, 40s, the 1930s again, even. Yeah. You know, it's all, we're facing it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Sucks. Um, I hope that Jesse receives justice. I don't know what words could make him feel better because I'm sure that that was a traumatizing experience. So, you know, um, keep him in your prayers. We know he needs it. But not everything out of Chicago this week was negative, guys. Um, Candace Payne bought 20 hotel rooms for homeless people in the Chicago area after temperatures dropped to sub-zero. And that's an amazing feat. Like, and she's just a regular person. And it just shows you if we all just took time to do a little bit, mm-hmm. we we could help, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was awesome to see. Uh-huh. Yes, I agree. Um, the homeless situation, actually, I hold dear to my heart because... I'm on. A, I'm a Georgia State student, mm-hmm. so I'm on the Georgia State campus, and on my um, walks from the Five Point Marta Station just to um, the classes, there are at least ten homeless people, um, and inclement temperatures, things like that, just. Uh, they're not protected mm-hmm. from those, and it's it's just really a sad, sad situation. Um, just having thoughts of how we can overcome and make this better. Um, this young lady actually made um, a statement, mm-hmm. a statement, um, and drawing attention to the fact that there are a lot more people who are affected by this. Not just folks who are with job without jobs. I was just. Uh, floored when I realized that there are people who actually work every day, have families, mm-hmm. and they're still homeless. So right. it's a it's a it, in a beautiful city such as Atlanta with the beautiful tall buildings and the landscaping and, you know, the transportation, all that. Um, we have some grassroots situations that absolutely must be addressed. Absolutely. And the way you just articulate that lets us know she is a Georgia State student. (laughs) Forever learning. (laughs) Shout out to that. But yeah, so... Shout out to Candace. I hope that she has inspired or, or, or planted a seed in all of us to just do what we can to try to help out our fellow man because mm-hmm. you don't know these people's backstories. I think uh, a lot of people see a homeless person, just assume, oh, they're a drug addict. Oh, they're, mm-hmm. they they messed up in life or they made tough decisions. Right. People are just... Some people, some people are, are down are, on their luck. And some people are literally one paycheck away. That's true. That's <laughs> so, true. Made apparent by this recent uh, government shutdown. Absolutely. Which yes. is being threatened all over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're, right. we're, we're facing that same situation mm-hmm. and it's going to be more, a greater population of homeless people mm-hmm. uh, behind the possibility right. of another government shutdown. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I want to add to what Regina was saying that um, when this city is as beautiful and rich and as as 
plentiful and bountiful as it is, mm -hmm. there is no reason for the city not to be able to take care of the homeless mm -hmm. population because a greater percentage of those people are military, mm -hmm. homeless families, mm -hmm. uh, homeless mothers, right. uh, homeless women, mm -hmm. and it's ridiculous to have, and educated. These are yeah, educated right. folks. And tradespeople. And yeah. tradespeople that should not have to uh, be subject to the elements, and they've contributed and paid taxes and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, and, and it's time for Atlanta to take a good look, mm -hmm. or really the the whole country, Absolutely. to take a good look at this homeless problem that that, uh, that we currently face. I agree. I, I agree. think our number of homeless <clears throat> victims exceeds a lot of the, uh, most of the states in the United States. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But Chicago, well, let's, let's talk about Chicago for a moment. I, I caught a picture of a frozen person that mm. was lying on the streets. Mm -hmm. They had a uh, uh, Salvation Army had come by and given them some blankets earlier mm -hmm. while they were alive. Right. Uh, a reporter walked by and took a picture of that, that individual, mm -hmm. and they were frozen Sad. on the sidewalk. Wow. So there was nothing That's anybody could do. And, and a number of people are dying that way yeah. in places that are cold, like so, uh, Chicago, uh, Ohio, yeah. Detroit, I mean, Michigan, and, you know, surrounding areas. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a problem. And, and, and even if the government doesn't do anything, then we the people should, you Absolutely. know, should def definitely roll up our sleeves and help. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. All right, so at least we're all in agreement. Mm -hmm. Hear ye, hear ye. Hear all ye. right. Stacey <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Abrams has chosen to deliver the Democratic State of the Union response, making her the first African-American woman to do so. Yay, awesome. Stacey. Awesome. Yes. How do y'all feel about Stacey? I feel like... I think I like that her. she was gypped out yeah. of the election. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, she actually should be governor. Mm -hmm. uh, she won the, uh, the election uh, overall, uh, but the guy that was that she was running with, against, uh, he was the Secretary of State, and you know, Secretary of State run the election. Yeah, so, but he actually should have relinquished that position. He could have. He should have recused himself yeah. when he uh, accepted the the. Um, when he started running. Right, yeah. Yeah. right at the start of his yeah. uh, campaign. Right. So that in itself. Mm, and then we're, I understand that there are only five states in the United States at this time who have not converted back to um, the paper ballot. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a petition, there were attempts to uh, get that in position prior mm -hmm. to the most recent election. Mm -hmm. And of course, somehow the state of Georgia Somehow, <laughs> conveniently. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and um, so with that, she was, I feel, uh, given a tough situation there. But I admire the fact that she did not just tuck her tail. Absolutely. And uh, because she knows her time is coming. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There was a time that very few people knew of Stacey mm -hmm. Abrams. But the progress that she made during the time of her campaign, I feel that that uh, kind of prepared her for another position. Absolutely. I and I, I support her. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Yeah, me too. Me too. Right. And I would like to also say that um, uh, shout out to Stacey Abram and her supporters because mm -hmm. this was a historic election. Yeah, the turnout and was crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it almost turned this red state blue. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is very near to happening mm -hmm. just based on the fact that um, 
there is a, a willy-nilly mindset in the Republican Party that's Willy filtered throughout their 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 pro, their party, and they don't really uh, seem to care about the people's issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, when on the other hand, the Democrats do seem to be able to uh, sort things and come up with decisions that are logical and make sense. So, and I'm not pushing one party for the other yeah, yeah. because you know it makes sense to me to vote for the person who's got the better uh, the better answers. Right. Absolutely. So, but I think the Democrats. Uh, need to revamp their party uh, because at one point we seem to be stronger than the Republicans, but mm. somehow uh, we've lost that uh, that, that edge. Power. Yeah. yeah, that edge. Yeah. So at this point, now we do have some time to regroup, mm-hmm. but we've been sleeping yeah. and we need to stay woke. Yeah. <laughs> stay woke. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of staying woke and revamping, Cory Booker, um, with who is a New Jersey senator, announces that he will be running for the 2020 presidential election. Mm-hmm. High five you. His campaign is We Will Rise. And as a AT alien, I support anything that has to do with uh, rise up. Mm-hmm. We we will rise again, flying, whatever, <laughs> yes, <laughs> whatever yes, that means. Yes. So shout out to Cory Booker. Um, I I like Cory, and I think is due to I've just been seeing him on platforms that I feel like a lot of politicians wouldn't go on, right. such as right. a Breakfast Club, such as a Jesus and Mero. And I feel like he's making efforts to touch the average American, quote unquote, and to really work with his culture. Um, his president presidential rollout he called Tom Joyner who has been a voice for our culture for a super long time Mm -hmm. he called Univision which is the Hispanic Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. network and Mm -hmm. had an interview that was mostly in Spanish Mm -hmm. and he was saying I know my Spanish isn't perfect but the Latin community has been a strong um, a strong part of my upbringing and a part of my community so I wanted to speak directly to those people Mm -hmm. I don't think a a candidate has ever done that before I could be mm-hmm. off and then he also um went on the the on the view mm-hmm. instead of like a good morning America or something so I like the way that he's m- moving mm-hmm. and I support him what do you guys think about Cory Booker well I like Cory Booker I have uh I have witnessed him being a, a centrist uh, mm-hmm. I, you know the guy in the middle he's mm-hmm. you know he's sincerely trying to bring um, one party and the other together, and while he, while he uh, uh, preaches or evokes a, a program that is inclusive, yeah. Uh, so he he makes he makes a a good candidate, but it's still early for me. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And I like I like the fact that uh, he too has uh, gone to these different platforms or spoken to the different people, but I saw that interview on The View, mm-hmm. and it was not as, it, it was not what I expected. I okay. expected a little more meat. Mm-hmm. He, had, he was putting a little too much cream in the coffee for me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> too much. Right. Um, and to like, well, the, the, the other presidential um, potentials for the dem- for the Democratic Party include Elizabeth Warren, mm-hmm. Camilla Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Julian Gomez? Yeah, Julio Gomez. Yeah, Julio Gomez. Um, so I, I feel that I don't want to just make my judgment off of me liking his personality because that's really what I'm judging based off of. Mm-hmm. I remember 
uh, one of the first videos or speeches I saw of him was his response to that Oval Office meeting that got leaked to where yeah. Trump called Haiti and other African countries shithole yeah, countries. Yeah, exactly. Ex- sorry for cussing guys, okay. but th- that's what Trump said. I said it too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and just to see his his own response, like he was very passionate about mm-hmm. it. So that made me like, okay, I like him. Right. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we do need to look at what both of them, what all candidates are trying to do mm-hmm. on a political standpoint versus and just how it affect us as a as a race of people yeah, yeah. is it is it important to them to bring the nation up yeah or is it important for them to get a job and keep it yeah okay he could probably be effective in um reestablishing the middle class mm-hmm. which i don't know I feel like that's who he's catering to mm-hmm. right that's yeah. exactly that's what mm-hmm. the independent voter is what i noticed that he, he had more um, he had more love, or more. Um, he gave him more attention mm-hmm. for the uh, for the independent voters. So, right. You know, that being said, I think that you know he at this point he's a good candidate. But I I parallel him to the Elizabeth Warren, the um, um, what's the other young lady's name? Camilla Harris. Camilla Harris. You know, and and Kamala, um, whatever, yeah. and the other guy, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Spanish. Yeah, Juli- Julian Castro is Castro. 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 Sorry, guys, yeah. that's wrong Castro. the whole time. Julian Thank Castro. <laughs> those, those four, those four, I, I get. Well, they're all in the same heap. In right. other words, they they they're out the gate to get uh, at the same time. No one's leading. No one's losing. It's right. much too early. It is too early. We we need some research. Mm-hmm. But just off of like knee jerk reaction microwavable support mm-hmm. for me. I like Cory Booker, okay. <laughs> but okay. but we shall see. That's fair. Um. So on to LeBron James, who we all love. Um, he is executive producing a project on Netflix um, about Madame C.J. Walker, um, starring Octavia Spencer, which is awesome. I'm really excited about that project. And at a Sundance Film Festival interview, Oct- Octavia spoke up and said that during <clears throat> negotiations, LeBron spoke up for her to make sure that she got equal pay. Just another like star on his Armor, like yeah, he's 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 amazing in all aspects. Well, you know the story of the story of Madam C. J. Walker is one that black people need to know. Mm-hmm. She was the first black millionaire out of that was who got to be a millionaire by through the beauty industry. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the beauty industry has always belonged to us as black people, mm-hmm. but I'm noticing here. Currently, that folks are blogging stuff about, you know, uh, you get thyroids from having uh, a relaxer done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after 30, 40 years, or chemicals done, yeah. after 30, 40 years of being in this business of beauty industry, it, it's come to me that there has been a attack on the industry that, belongs to us. us anyway yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i'll go back to chris rock and then you know i'll wrap this but chris rock is the one let thing. it flow let <laughs> it flow because this is something you passionate about <laughs> chris rock is the one that screwed this up with this with this oh, so-called documentary good hair mm-hmm. now he told about how much money women spend on their hair weaves, how much money they spend on their relaxers. He made a mockery out of our trade shows mm-hmm. and, 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 and all of this. Black people have been successful. Now, 
White people don't go around doing documentaries on their industry and mm-hmm. affecting them. Mm-hmm. Our salons are empty now mm-hmm. because people like Chris Rock, who don't have nothing to do with the industry, Facts. totally have huge. so much to say. Yeah, got so much to say and turned it into a joke. Daddy's mm-hmm. miseducated. And totally oh, miseducated. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then on the, now over on the other side of, of the coin, White people are successful. Their salons are full. Mm-hmm. People are coming on a regular. They're selling products. They're they're still having success. Mm-hmm. Our industry is is at jeopardy. Yes, and they're also still getting perms. Yes. Oh, white. Oh, yeah. Yeah. White. Oh, white folks get perms too. Yeah. Yes. Now that for you, they, perms they get perms. And color. Using perms. The same color. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No thyroid issues. No. No. So so it's important for us. Where this total industry is concerned, and I'm sorry, I just, I just, I got on my soapbox. <laughs> I forgot the topic, though. <laughs> Madam CJ Walker industry. Yeah. But Thank guys, you. a little background um, information. The reason why Papa Jeff is passionate about this is because he's been in the beauty industry for how many years? Thirty-eight years. For thirty-eight years, he's the only person that I trust to touch my hair ever. Period. So don't ask. Um, and yeah, so and and we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. But that's why he kind of got yeah inside uh-huh. of his feelings a little bit. But I totally understand because it is frustrating when a Chris Rock or whoever, just anybody these days just feel like they have so much to say and feel mm-hmm. like they can speak freely mm-hmm. on an mm-hmm. issue that they have no background in or no real knowledge of. Yeah, right. yeah. So I lost a lot of for respect for Chris Rock, first of all. Yeah. And, you know, I used to think he was funny, mm-hmm. but I consider him a buffoon because his attack was unwarranted yeah. on our industry. Mm-hmm. People, he just totally disrespected Madam C.J. Walker by... Telling this that you're putting this information out there. We have trade secrets. Yeah. Just like doctors have trade secrets. Mm. You know what I mean? Just like lawyers have trade secrets. Right. You know what I mean? But you don't hear people doing these crazy documents on stuff that they don't know nothing about. Right. And I'd say, shut up, Chris Ross. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And granddaddy voice. Policy though, because he's giving information for which he's not an expert. And in order he even bring expert opinion in mm-hmm. to validate mm-hmm. his claims. And you and you bloggers who are out there suggesting that chemicals are bad for people and uh, this, that, and the other, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you, got <Okay>. no, no, <laughs> you got no basis for your information. Right. And, and the, not only that, but you got your information from a layperson too. So mm-hmm. quit repeating that dumb stuff. Right. Until you've been trained and become a licensed cosmetologist, master cosmetologist. Master. Yeah, that's the key word. Then you don't know what this is about. Until yeah. you become a licensed master trichologist, you don't know what this is about. Does right. anyone know what a trichologist is? Oh, okay. And until you become a licensed or certified enzymologist, mm. you don't know what this is about. Enzymologist. So keep your opinions and stop telling lies to the the ignorant public, you know, because you are repeating ignorance. I'm I'm about to go get a perm right now. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I got one in the car. Let's do it. But no, shout out to LeBron. Um, just doing the the Lord's work everywhere. You're yeah. great. Yeah. Love he's LeBron. Ohio. He's yeah. from Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that guy. He's yeah, so, he's mm-hmm. a brilliant man. He's great. Yeah. 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 Brilliant man. So. And a lot of respect in the mm. business world. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited Sports. about him bringing his story to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's even more um, uh, pleasant to hear that he's making sure that, uh, is it Viola Davis? Uh, I- 
Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer mm-hmm. gets equal pay. Yeah. Because that's something that the, the movie industry is just not. They would have overlooked, to, yeah. You know, so that's yeah. good. That's so that's power. great, and that just shows you if we get the right people in positions of power, they can do right. Yeah. Yes. Because who's to say another executive producer, even if they were a black man, who's mm-hmm. who who doesn't have those core values, would have pushed for her to have equal pay mm-hmm. this the same way he did. So shout mm-hmm. out to LeBron. Absolutely. Yes. High five Absolutely. to you. The <laughs> goat. All right, and last but not keep least, keeping on LeBron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And guys, not but not last but not least, woo. On our pop culture docket is Bow Wow's domestic dispute here in Atlanta. So, a mugshot of Bow Wow went viral where he had scratches on his face after a after a domestic dispute. And I've been seeing a, like a lot of people clowning him, like, "Dang, did like um, Bow Wow at least pinch the girl?" You know, <laughs> like you know, like little comments like that. But what y'all aren't seeing is that this was obviously a man inside of a domestic dispute who held his composure and who did not hit that girl back because her mugshot was she was she was flawless. Right. And um, you know, had he hit her back or had he done anything that was of aggression, then he would have been labeled or he would have been demonized the same way Chris Brown was, mm-hmm. and and like y'all would have had so much stuff to say about that as well. Mm-hmm. So pick a side and like stay on it. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like we're in this trolling culture where they're gonna find something mm-hmm. to troll you about, mm-hmm. or they're gonna find something to criticize mm-hmm. you on, or mm-hmm. make a mockery of. Mm-hmm. It right. sucks. It mm-hmm. sucks. I say be careful, little bow wow, because you know <laughs> you're no longer wow. little bow wow. Yeah, you just bow wow now. You're a grown yeah. man. Mm-hmm. You got to watch your actions. You got to watch who you around. You know, maybe this little girl got in your life just to set you up. You know, you never know. Never know, know, yeah. The movie, I mean, the music industry is just as uh, dangerous as the drug business Mm -hmm. because they'll buy your stuff and uh, then uh, shelve it for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Think about what happened with um, 50 Cent and uh, Ja Rule. Mm -hmm. You know, 50 went in and bought 200 seats. Yeah, the Ja Rule concert. To piggyback off of that, I heard, and I don't know how factual this is. I need to do my, my research. That's why I didn't mention it, but since we're talking about mm-hmm. it, I heard that Murder, Inc. Records went on auction by the IRS and like 50 Cent bought it. I, I heard oh. the same thing. Like, that's like a whole other level of petty, but like business yeah. at the same exactly. time. That's that, that's exactly. wild. Yeah. But go ahead, I'm sorry. And then, you well, know, poor business ethics, too. Yeah. Well, you know. it, was, it was a... <laughs> It was a, it was, I'm kidding, I say that, it was a fuck you moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Because, because. Everything he does for is him that. To, uh, <laughs> for him to, and then after he bought the seats, they showed a picture of him sitting in the the area where the 200 seats were, right up front. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Jarrell had no incentive to do the concert. Right. But yet, that was just petty. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, again, where. What Bow Wow is concerned, anything could have happened or could have, you know, been the reason for this violence to have occurred. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just, you know, stay woke, young man. You know what I mean? That's like the slogan this whole, stay woke. Mm -hmm. How do do we feel about the whole, the way men or black men especially kind of end up when it comes to a domestic dispute? Because obviously... He wasn't the aggressor, right. but he he was still locked up, even though his face was bloody and had scratches, but he still locked up and probably got, and everybody started picking on him versus trying to question what was going on on, on the girl's end. Well, I think that um, the young ladies need to be a bit more responsible in terms of, of uh, or try to 
manage these outbursts and these attacks on guys simply because they've been raised to not hit a woman. Mm -hmm. But there's a boiling point. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened, but if that's the case. uh, And also, I don't know if I can say this, but... Say it. uh, (laughs) Monique supposedly threatened to slap Steve Harvey on his own TV show. (laughs) So it wasn't Steve threatening Mm -hmm. to slap uh, Monique. It was Monique threatening to slap Steve. But had she slapped him and then he would have reacted, then he would have been... Well, he he said said that his reaction would have been that her husband would have had to what? He had to see that step out. Yeah, on oh yeah, to, for yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it wasn't that he would take it out on Monique, but yeah. she better send her husband right. because it would not go unaddressed. So mm-hmm. I just feel like these threats and uh, this overaggression by women, knowing that most men are stronger and mm-hmm. you know there's no fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Keep your hands. Well, just like just like um, uh, Bow Wow was the the guy that was a arre- person that was arrested in this altercation. It's the same, it goes back to the same thing I was talking about earlier. We've got a target on our backs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the Especially police are trained, just, yeah. They are trained to, to hone in on the, on the uh, criminal image who is the black man. Mm-hmm. So it's more likely for him to get um, arrested over a, mm-hmm. an issue like that. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying again, you know, Bow Wow, stay woke. You don't have to, you don't have to, um, you got to be careful, uh, vet the people you with. Absolutely. Make sure you're going to be selective with, because you, 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 first of all, you're a young man with power and money and fame, you know, folks, you're an automatic target. So, you know, it's, it's very important that you watch your steps. Right. And I don't know how, what the, what the legality is when it comes to arrest. Apparently both of them were arrest, but his mugshot was the only one that seemed to go viral or people were talking about. Initially. Initially. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I feel like if I Did they say that she was arrested also? They show her mugshot now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was arrested too, but... But there's the key right there, though. You know, it was a domestic situation. Mm -hmm. They're not married. Mm -hmm. So each each one of them could carry assault charges. Mm -hmm. You You know, you don't want that on your record. Absolutely you know, not. Especially assaulting uh, the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it's a woman assaulting a man mm-hmm. or a man assaulting a woman. It's just not the thing that you want to have on your record. That's true. So, moral of the story is everybody keep your hands to yourself yes. um, and get out of toxic relationships. If, yes. if it gets ever to a point where where you feel like you, you have to lay hands on people or or if you're not in a mind state to where you can effectively have a disagreement without jumping to mm-hmm. to hitting is somebody, it, mm-hmm. yeah, then just get out of it. Right. Period. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So... Yep, that pretty much wraps up all of our pop culture topics for this week. Great insight, guys. That was yeah, wonderful. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, and um, on to our introspective moments. Introspective moments with Nina. This week's introspective moments, I want to put a focus on the importance of entrepreneurship and ownership within our community. And since we are in Black History Month 
And um, this is a topic that I wanted to speak to Gigi and Papa Jeff on for a long time. But what urged me to go ahead and have the conversation this week is due to Killer Mike's name ringing heavy in these streets lately. Um, you all know who Killer Mike is. So I don't have to go through the introduction. Those at home or wherever you are listening, I'm sure you heard of Killer Mike, but make sure you check out his show Trigger Warning on Netflix and his recent Breakfast Club interview. He was saying some stuff on there that makes you think a little bit. But yeah, so... Um, I was watching Killer Mike's Trigger Warning on Netflix, and the very first episode was called Living Black. And what he attempted to do was live totally black, meaning off of black products, black services, black-owned everything for three days. And it was shockingly difficult, right? And um, after you look at the stats, um, in other communities whether it be Jewish, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, they will circulate the dollar within their community anywhere from 21 days to 28 days before they spend outside of the community versus the black community, six hours. Mm -hmm. And that is a drastic difference. Mm -hmm. And you don't really think about it until you think about it, but it makes sense because we're not the ones that, that on that on the corner stores or the gas stations or the grocery stores. Even if we have a black restaurant, our products aren't aren't coming from black farms. So, you know, it is hard to keep our dollar within our community, which is why it's so important for us to kind of take back the power of ownership and staying within our communities. And the reason why I wanted to have the conversation with Gigi and Papa Jeff is because, as I mentioned earlier, they were my first bosses. Um, <laughs> some of my earliest memories was singing and dancing at um, Pay um, Paid in Place Salon. And then when I got older, going to downtown dues every, every weekend, answering phones, wiping down windows, greeting clients, and just interacting with everybody coming in and seeing what it takes to ultimately run a business and how tiring it can be. But at the end of the day, you all were still laughing and smiling. I'm sure a lot of that was one, because you were with family and two, because it was yours. Mm -hmm. So it didn't feel like you was putting in a whole bunch of energy and time into somebody else's thing. Right. So wanted to have a conversation with you all about that. So um, first question is, why do you think there's such a stigma behind us doing business with each other? Like anytime you hear about people doing business or black people doing business with another black person, it's like, yeah, they're cool, but right. but they do shade, shade, shady business or but like there's always a but after mm -hmm. I would do business with mm -hmm. them. Why do you think that is? I think because of. Um, affir not affirmative action, but um, what do you call it? When we enter uh, segregation. Okay, boom. All right. Because right. mm -hmm. segregation, before segregation, we had to be community. First of all, I'm so glad you were talking about this because it's something I wanted to touch on. Go ahead. Okay, cool. <laughs> because that's that's been the systemic root of all that we've been facing here lately. When the when the the white flight, you know, white folks moved out of the uh, the the, the uh, suburbs back into the city, mm -hmm. you know, causing black folk, folks hardship, um, systematic racism, um, the idea of taxation on your property that you can't afford mm -hmm. because the white boy down the street bought a $400,000 property, or bought his house for $400,000, and your house is appraised at $98,000, there's no way you can afford to pay the tax on that. Mm -hmm. Now, um, where business is concerned, we have to... I think if we explored uh, a portion of this country, mm -hmm. you know, and this is 
fantasy, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. If we explored a portion of this country and just took over a whole entire state, every square mile of that state, and build our own infrastructure, which would mean that what is, whatever is existing there, that would be ours. Um, and it, this sounds a little militant. It even sounds a little violent. But yes, you know, the, the violent take it by force. Mm -hmm. And that's the way we haven't come to that yet. We don't have the courage to fight for something that's possible. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we don't have the courage to fight for the real dream. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Martin Luther had one, but his was, you know, at the, from the mountaintop. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And he saw the promised land, but then again, from the mountaintop, that could be that property, that state. Mm -hmm. We were never given our 40 acres and a mule, mm -hmm. you know, because of this debacle or this lie that we were told, you know, they made us fit in. Uh, yeah, you, you, you okay? You know, come on and get this education. Mm -hmm. well, we're going to structure the education for our benefit, to our benefit. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you our story. And you're going to have to repeat our story. Mm -hmm. And you'll be graded to repeat our story. American once history. You, and exactly. Yeah. Once you become certified to our story, that you've learned our story to the fullest, then we will give you a job in our companies. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to teach you how to run our companies. Mm -hmm. Not per se. You're going to be running them, but you're going to have to answer to our people mm -hmm. who are educated or the educators as well. Mm -hmm. So there was there is a big problem where community is concerned. If we don't become community, we don't live close enough to each other. We don't they taught us we've been taught how to distrust each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we need black banks. We need black real estate. Mm -hmm. We need black businesses. Mm -hmm. We need black farmers. Absolutely. But, the, but they are so far and few in between. Uh, the the only black farmer that I've ever seen was on television. <laughs> right. And he was only interviewed because of the government shutdown. Mm -hmm. He didn't get his money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That was due to him. That was uh, supposed to be allocated to him so that he could get his uh, produce out to the grocery stores. Right. So if we don't have enough farmers or business people or, or folks that's even got the mindset to unify, then, you know, it's it's going to be a crab in a barrel scenario or situation that we've been in for a long time. Right. You know, I think about the, the Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. Black folks had it together. Yeah. You know, white folks got mad at these black folks and brought in the army to destroy a whole economy mm -hmm. into for black people. Now, there was a the the black manufacturer of cars. You know what I mean? First the first car mm -hmm. was a black man who yeah. made this and gave hundreds of people jobs. Right. So it, it, there are things we have to reflect on in order to know where we're going. And in most cases we don't know enough about our history in order to get to where we need to be. Now, that was going to be my next point, is that we need to research our history for ourselves because they're not going to teach it to us, obviously. No, that's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. And once you learn your history, it is a different sense of pride and it's a different sense of obligation to be great and to take back ownership. So yes. you basically touched on everything I was going to ask. Well, we can wrap this up. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> just kidding. So um, did did you both always know that 
that that you had an entrepreneurial spirit. I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it one. Mm-hmm. But did y'all always feel like y'all had this entrepreneurial spirit within you or something you grew into? Or? Gina brought it out in me. I have to say I. Yeah. I Gina. Yeah. I who finds a wife finds a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But she brought it out in me. Mm-hmm. and But yeah, she definitely had it. Speak on it, G. I reflect back on when I was a kid. <laughs> she was great. And I had to be at least about four or five years old. Mm-hmm. And my parents bought me a cash register <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> and that was my favorite toy out of all the dolls and the, you know, the spinning tops and all that stuff. <laughs> I loved my cash register mm. and I would just hit it and hit that <laughs> ring. <laughs> and then as I got older, um, one of my best friends, Donella, uh, we would always make lemonade stands mm-hmm. outside our front door. So while our parents were at work, we were like going through all the sugar, lemons, everything, <laughs> selling this lemonade to the neighbors. So we got a taste of uh, marketing, producing a product, and marketing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And getting some nickels and dimes. Mm-hmm. So um, from that... Um, I grew up as a a dressmaker, mm-hmm. so I would make the prom dresses and that for people in the neighborhood. I also played the piano um, from age 11, I think for churches. And um, so I always generated cash. And that was long before I actually started working you know, in corporate America. But uh, yes, I would say that, I, that entre- entrepreneurial spirit has always rained within. Oh, another fun fact about G, she was in a singing group inside of her hot pants, but we don't talk about a different day. <laughs> yeah, but um, one of my questions, which you pretty much answered it, was how much of a role, G, do you feel you play in taking <clears throat> Papa Jeff's ideas and kind of helping him put them in motion? Because, okay. you know, being a wife, that's good, one of good your... Good question. Yeah. Um, of course, being uh conscious of the fact that I wanted to be a business owner, but I didn't know what product it would be. I'm like, well, okay, Papa I Jeff want it, product. but what's the <laughs> Okay, so I meet this man, Jeffrey, who um, is an awesome, awesome hairstylist. And um, I saw how he ran his business, which was good. But I came in and tweaked it a little bit. <laughs> and I noticed that his clients were like, wow, Jeff, you, you change your hours. You come in earlier. You get Because we couldn't even go out on a date mm-hmm. on Saturdays because he was in the salon mm-hmm. forever. She was like, and I need my date, so you yes. might go in there early. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I said, Jeff, look, we can change this thing because all you have to do. So I worked his, he said, nobody can work my um, appointment books and this and that and the other. So anyway, um. We after she worked my appointment book, <laughs> she worked my um, my uh, infrastructure too mm-hmm. because I didn't have to do inventory at the end of the week anymore. Mm-hmm. She taught me how to do it where it was once a month. The guys would come and deliver the product. They would put it up for me, mm-hmm. and every time I went to get something, it was always there. Mm-hmm. And that made a big difference because it's a different flow. most of the time yeah. I could focus on income. Yeah. But that was during mm-hmm. the time he was a, in a booth rental situation yeah. before uh, we decided to go into business. But anyway, um, once I said, wow, I said, okay, 
I've got the experience of, you know, dealing with customers. So the customer relation situation was cool. Um, and we just started little by little structuring and preparing to become a business. Mm-hmm. And at the, because we had everything we needed. He handled the um, styling, the mechanics of, you know, the hair business itself while I just structured and uh, took care of the customers mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And it was, a, it, was a good, it was a good relationship. I like it. Thank you. That's a nice love story. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think that, that just shows, like, why it's so important to be uh, selective with the person you intend to have a future with. Because if y'all are on the same page, like, mm-hmm. you two are limitless versus if you two are on two completely different wavelengths, mm-hmm. you're, you're pulling this way, you're pulling a, di- a different way, you can never progress. So, mm-hmm. shout out to you guys. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to add that... Um, one Saturday, a long limousine pulled up in front of the salon, and this lady was ushered into the salon. Ushered into the salon. Only yeah. to find out that it was Maya, Maya Angelou. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yes. and But she was supposed to have been at the salon down the street. But guess and what? Her, and her limo <laughs> driver had left her. Mm-hmm. So she was just sweating profusely. And I said, look, ma'am, I said... um, I'll get you some cool water and just have a seat You're because uh, I'm kind of partial to elderly people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, she sat down and she just kind of watched what was going on. And it ended up that she was there for a while by the time he worked his way back. She didn't go back to the other salon. And so um, she took time and, and autographed every client who wanted wow. one. And uh, she always autographed, or she would sign it, uh, Peace and Joy. Mm-hmm. Peace and Joy. Um, so anyway, she pulled me to the side and she said, you know, she said, this is such a great thing to see a husband and wife yeah. work together. Because so many people say, oh, that won't happen. Well, we had concerns about it too initially. Yeah. But um, she said, so many people feel that a husband and wife can't work together. She said, but what you all are doing is showing these young people, you're setting examples Mm -hmm. for these young people here that, yes, it can be done. Mm -hmm. It can be done. Who better to work with than your spouse? Right. Who's going to, you know, protect your goods and Mm -hmm. your monies and everything. So I I felt that that was really, really, truly complimentary. Mm -hmm. Let me me just add to this by saying... If there was anybody to go in for me to go into business with, it was Regina. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, first of all, she could make it clear uh, and simplify the whole thing so that we could do, you know, go on to the next thing. And I didn't like, I didn't like hanging on to things, you know, issues too long. I like to, you know. Solution. Here solution. it is. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. I'm a fixer. You yeah. know, you know about <laughs> job a fixer. Right. And when it's time to move on, I'm ready to go. But yeah. Uh, if anybody, this, this would be the, this would have been the only person that I would have gone into business with. And I'm mm. thankful to God that it was my wife versus, Crazy. you know, just some rank stranger in the street. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, we evolved quickly. Mm-hmm. Yes. The whole thing was a whirlwind. We, we went from a four chair salon 12 months later into a 14 chair salon. Um, and then thereafter, uh, owning our own product line. Me with my own hair products, Gina with her own makeup line, mm-hmm. um, and it was just 
an amazing thing that took place. It was magical. Um, <laughs> and, and as far as the, the growth and, and where businesses need to be um, uh, made aware of community is that we have to spend with each other, but we cannot afford to break each other down. Mm-hmm. I noticed that people use the um, uh, social media mm-hmm. to ridicule each other. Like, for example, you go to a black restaurant and then they say, rate this thing. Don't rate it if you don't like it. Right. You know what I mean? Only put something on there that these people can grow with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm I, that's just me. I just think that we have, we spend too much time with the crab in the barrel mentality of breaking folks down to we don't have a chance to edify them and build them up. Mm-hmm. So our community is always going to be weak. Mm-hmm. White folks will tell you whether the food is, if the food is bad, they'll say it's good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To because the they don't go, they're they not going to destroy mm-hmm. their own dollar. Yeah. We talked about the money uh, uh, going in and out of our community only in only six hours. Yeah. That's because we got nowhere else to take it. Exactly. If we had someplace else to take it, or uh, if our stores were respected like a Neiman Marcus or a Saks Fifth Avenue or a Lenox Mall or something like that, if we had a mall, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Then things would be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, too, the power of our dollar, um, if we only took the time to boycott with it, mm-hmm. use it to, to knock a business out, you know what I'm yeah. saying, or or to redirect or re- reflect that, uh, redirect that money into another, uh, another uh, toward us. I was listening to Killer Mike. You mentioned um, he owns three. He owns a block of real estate in downtown Atlanta. Mm-hmm. One block away, a uh, white boy, a white guy. Yeah, he said that he bought that, three blocks, and then a few months later. Three separate white men bought the next couple of blocks. That didn't even know each other. That didn't know each other. So imagine if... We did the same thing. thing. Mm -hmm. You see, those three blocks would have been six blocks. Yeah. Versus just one, uh, just three. Yeah, yeah. So so even with Killer Mike's block and the surrounding areas, there's gentrification going on all around there Mm -hmm. too. But who's in the forefront of it? Right. The white boys. They've taken over. We are the ones that that land belongs to or that property belongs to. So we should go and reinvest. And something that he spoke about, he said that we've been brainwashed to not want to stay inside of our communities to where if if people do get successful, we are going off to like a Johns Creek or mm-hmm. or or to an Alpharetta mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. which is you know true. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know we, we have to have buy to back our block. Well, you yeah, know we need to change are... our mindset. Yeah, because um, there's this expression that's been around a long time: if it ain't white, it, it ain't, ain't right. right. Yeah, okay. we carry that same mentality, that same mindset. When we do go in to patronize mm-hmm. black businesses, only to feel like, oh well, you know, if I went over there yeah. to the white people, and our responsibility as business owners is to make certain that we don't thing. attract customers because we're black, mm-hmm. but because they're going to get a, a quality. great experience, yes. absolutely, yeah, quality, quality. service, mm-hmm. um, courteous. Mm-hmm cleanliness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of those things mm-hmm. um, summate into a great experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a responsibility that black owners 
actually must mm-hmm. work on is to uh, that to it's that to pride aspect. Yes, yeah. pride and dignity pride as a citizen business. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Just by walking down the street and not being afraid of the person that you passing. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Say hello. You yeah. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Break the ice. Get to know who you are. Mm-hmm. That person is walking down the street. It, it may be you. They may be fearful of you. You well, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, have enough courage at this point. And I mentioned this earlier in the, in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Have enough courage to want to change, mm-hmm. to make a change, right. to be the change. Otherwise, we're going to still be doing or having this same conversation over and over and over again. This should go viral. This mm-hmm. is the kind of conversation that should go viral. And other people should be talking about it outside of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And next time, things change automatically. And it could be, it, this is, they change secretly. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, for the people who are listening right now, they will be able to walk by their neighbor or their citizen uh, who looks like them or who's brown or... or, or, or and speak. Yeah, yeah, and say hello. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm not going to do you no harm. You know, we need to let each other know that we're not going to criminalize ourselves to each other. Daddy was really good about that with us because, like, y'all know Daddy, he likes to go to Metropolitan Mm -hmm. and on the east side. And, like, he just interacts with people. He speaks to everybody. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you... You you learn like like dang like people really tried to make me feel like coming down here it would be like a scary experience yeah. or mm-hmm. like everybody down here mm-hmm. is on killers or mm-hmm. whatever right. but they're mm-hmm. just like you and me mm-hmm. you know the culture might be a little different but at, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we're just doing good business exactly. we all come from the same background mm-hmm. like we're all good mm-hmm. so that's stop demonizing each other stop demonizing each other you know what I mean we have to live on this planet together mm-hmm. as a human race you know what I mean a minute. We all start going into a black and white, or oh, I'm scared of you because, mm-hmm. you know, oh, here come a black man or a black woman walking down. I'm going to go across the street. So I'm not, not going to make contact with no, 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 that's not the way to do it. Right. You know, we're judging each other on our appearances. You know, a man's got, you know, dirty clothes or whatever, or he's standing there holding a, a hopeless card. Mm-hmm. You can't say hello to him. Right. Or he can't, you know, you offended because he spoke to you, or you right. can't speak. If he he's more likely the aggressor in speaking anyway, right. you can't say hello back. Right, it's yeah. terrible. That may be all he needs mm-hmm. that day. Absolutely. So. All right. So um, back to the entrepreneurial side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta is known for having a very thriving, affluent Black community. Do you all feel like that's what drove you all down here? Initially, yeah. or do you feel like that that helped you in your Absolutely. business growing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because when we first moved down here, the streets used to sparkle. <laughs> you know, and they said that uh, they said that I was told they said money was falling out the sky. You was like, oh, I'm going down there. So yeah. it's true. We yeah. got here and we literally fell into a, a gold mine situation. Yeah. We had huge success in a very short period of time. Which uh, we had to that, work hard for. Yeah, yeah. True. I mean, it wasn't given to us. No, we had to no work means. hard. We had to carve our way. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Nice. Um, this kind of piggybacks off of what you were ultimately just saying, but um, something that I noticed when I would be at Downtown Dudes with you 
you always um, allowed the homeless guys at the shelter across the street opportunities to earn money, whether it be running errands, pick, pick, mm-hmm. um, picking up a product, picking mm-hmm. up food, cleaning or something, mm-hmm. or just allowing different street vendors to come in and sell socks and T-shirts and mm-hmm. random little <laughs> things. <laughs> <laughs> the homeboy network. Yes, yeah, yeah, the homeboy yeah. network. And that was a lesson in humility for me as well as a sense of community. Why was that of importance to you to kind of allow those different people to build with you ultimately? Because those guys were human beings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those are human beings. Yeah. And, you know, it could have been me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the blessing in having them in, in our lives was the humility factor that it put on us. You know what I mean? It brought great humility, first of all, for a guy to come back a week later and say, man, that conversation you and me had, you know, I went and got a job or, nice. you know, yeah. thank you, man, that this, that, and the other, you yeah. know, or thank you for giving me this money or yeah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? That was, uh, it was, and it was reciprocated too because these guys used to come with a heart to to give to us, you yeah. know what I mean. It was like, well, you know, why are you trying to give a week? You know, it's all good. We cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And they and they would look out for for the shop because um, we um, were on Trinity Avenue, you know. It was fun though, but yeah. you know, sometimes you learn. Like, right, it's kind of sketchy, but it's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. But and I mean, they would look out for um, clients' cars and mm-hmm. just look out for mm-hmm. for the shop as a whole. So like, what you give out is what is brought back to you, which is ultimately what mm-hmm. what you just said. Absolutely. We even structured a, uh, a valet yeah, process exactly. too. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, we have one guy mm-hmm. we trusted very, very much. Um, he would park the ladies' cars because he had control of all the parking lots. Mm-hmm. He would park the ladies' cars in the parking lot and mm-hmm. when they were ready to go, he would uh, come back and pick them up. Mm-hmm. But little did we know that he was actually riding in the neighborhood. <laughs> of course. The ladies would say, you know, I had more gas in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They wouldn't get mad, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? They they went along with the program because mm-hmm. they knew that we were trying to help those guys too. You yeah, know what I'm absolutely. Saying? And um, I recall one incident where I took a bag of clothes over there mm-hmm. and some shoes. Mm-hmm. Man, those guys were so happy to get those items because mm-hmm. uh, one guy, the, the guy that came out to get the bag, he said, I know these some good stuff. This is good <laughs> stuff right here. He said, I'm going to take this in there myself. Right. But I want to get the first stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it in there, but. <laughs> yeah, I, but I just want you to, I told him I want you to share it though. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And share yeah. it equally. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, we see two of the guys walking out, the, <laughs> out of the ARC wearing uh, uh, two of the suits. Nice. You That's know? awesome. And they about the tennis shoes and they were too small for the guy and he was wearing them anyway. He was wearing them anyway. <laughs> His feet was curled up like that but he was still wearing those shoes. That's but awesome. But those things make you feel good. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was and a, it made them feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that they were important. Yeah. yeah. I had useful. A, yeah, we had a... Well, when we were um, putting the salon together, we found out that they had skills. Yes. There was an electrician, Fishing, there was a carpenter. plumber, carpenter, <laughs> yep. um, all around guy. Brick Mason. And we mm-hmm. would employ them for pennies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cheaper uh, than know, what yeah. Yes, yes, and they did a good job. Yeah. And they claimed the salon is theirs, which I thought was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I encountered um a, a situation where this guy he was tall. He was like yeah. maybe six 
seven. He was a white kid. And his arms were extremely long, and they were almost like beyond his knees or near his knees from some heart condition. Mm -hmm. So uh, he told me that he was a poet, and um, that and I asked him how long had it been since he had written anything. He said, well, I just don't take the time to do it. So the next time he came into the salon, I had bought him a journal. Oh, gee, that's, that's awesome. I'm about to cry. Uh -huh. <laughs> I had bought him a journal, and um, he started writing poems, and he would bring them in and read them to me. Mm -hmm. And then one day he walked in, and he said, I just wanted to tell you all that you're like a... a tall glass of orange juice in the morning. It <laughs> yeah, starts yeah. my day. You know? And all the clients were looking at him like, you know, but yeah, we yeah. had a relationship with this yeah. guy. So anyway, um, we had gotten them to, they would take the train all the way from Five Points up to our church right off Jimmy Carter. Mm -hmm. And they did that for a number of Sundays. Um, and he always shared this um, uh scripture that was read at that time about not using the same old wine skins mm -hmm. and to put pour new wine so mm -hmm. that was what he took out of it but I received a call and um, this guy says are you Regina and I said yes he said uh, I just wanted you to know that um, I found a notebook mm -hmm. and your number and your name and number was in it, but I wanted to tell you that Howard passed. Mm. He said, but it was the notebook that mm. connected us together, and that was the way he was able to convey to me that Howard had passed. Mm -hmm. And uh, but you know, it's like through life, if you're blessed, you're blessed to bless someone else. Mm -hmm. And uh, I truly feel that we had connected with a lot of those young men, finding that they weren't all that. The media and everything makes them out to be as villains, mm -hmm. but they're humans, mm -hmm. and um, it was a good experience. Mm -hmm. No doubt, it taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. shout, shout out to you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let, me, let me just say that yeah. the importance of um, of uh, entrepreneurship and ownership mm -hmm. has a lot to do with that. You know, because it's more to being in business than just being in business. You know, you have to you have to do, you have to be you have to be a minister, a psychiatrist, a psychologist. You have to be a police officer. Mm -hmm. You have to be a patient, a patient person. And in order to make things work in the community where there's an impact, you got to buy all those things and more. Right. You know? So we we had a we had a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. That was the best place really to work. Really Trinity, Trinity yeah? Yeah, it was fun. I often Trinity wonder yeah. why we ended up there. Yeah. But I understand now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, you know. Nice. God is good. Amen. So aside from business ownership, you all uh, taught me without actually teaching me that home ownership is equally as, oh, yeah. as important. <laughs> and my first experience moving outside of my mom and them house was into my own home, mm -hmm. um, which was facilitated by you two, whether it be you um, doing the appraisal, walking through, oh, yeah, I like this. You need to be mindful of this and look mm -hmm. at this area or Gigi actually being my realtor. Mm -hmm. So why is it important for young people to really look into ownership versus owning a house or a home versus going into a renting or leasing type of situation? Well, first of all, it's the returns mm -hmm. that comes from owner, I mean, home ownership in the sense that 
you're getting tax breaks, tax shelters, um, and your money's not being thrown away or given to a person who's leasing the property out mm-hmm. and it taking care of their taxes. So right. yeah, that's that's a it's a financial advantage. Absolutely. To homeowners. The homeowner is the uh, has a nest egg. Mm-hmm. This is now something that's building equity. Mm-hmm. You 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 put your initial investment out there. From the day you turn the key, you have grown in equity. So your house is mm. worth more mm-hmm. than it was from the day that <laughs> right. you moved into it. Yeah. The value behind that is that that's a legacy instantly. Mm-hmm. Your baby girl will never have to worry about being homeless or yeah. uh, having to do without. And nor will you know, the generations that follow. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, as the as a first-time home buyer, mm-hmm. have uh, broken a, uh, a mold that we had been in for such a long time mm-hmm. where the first thing people who are of age to move out uh, do is go and rent a property. Mm-hmm. And they're giving their money away. Mm-hmm. But having ownership, that's yours. You are. It belongs to you, from the heavens above to the core of the earth. So Millie Rock again. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Future so, YouTube videos. You own the minerals <laughs> that are under your house. Yeah. You own that. You own the sky above your house. Right. So you just always know that that's one of the facets, and the more of our kids that. Uh, adopt that mentality or move in that direction for purchasing a home versus um, being a renter, the better off we are or the Mm -hmm. better off this next generation will be Mm -hmm. as a whole. Absolutely. I think the young people get it. Uh, It seems like there's a movement Mm -hmm. by millennials towards home ownership. I have quite a few um, who've purchased homes and... Mm -hmm. um, there, there'll be a change, yeah. definitely. We um, got two grandkids that own home. Grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But Janine was a quick study. Yeah. Uh, when she would come to me and just ask me all these questions, and yeah. I'm thinking, oh, she's just being herself, asking all these questions. Oh no, I had a the plan, next thing, baby. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and implemented so, quickly. Yeah, too. we were thinking that mm, within a year or so, maybe a year, year and a half. But in about six months, Janine came back and said, "Look." Uh, what do we need to do? And we've done it. And I was just so uh-huh. proud, Me and I'm too. still proud of it. Yeah. Thank you. That's amazing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Jo- uh, Jade, I'm, Jude, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jude, All of us, Jays. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the J House. <laughs> J, J, Jude, Joe. <laughs> the J House. I love the it. J House. I love the it. House of J. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Jude said to me, uh, Pop Jeff, you know, who would have thought? I'm 29. He's 29, right? Yeah. He said, he's a millennial. He said, who would have thought at 29 I'd be a homeowner? Mm-hmm. Janine, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, no, but, <laughs> but, but that's why it's important to have somebody who who is on the same page as you mm-hmm. but sees something ahead. Yeah. Because not to take anything from you, like, he is a city boy, right? Mm-hmm. So his idea was, hey, I want us to get, like, a condo in, in 
in um, the city. Mm-hmm. But when I started looking up houses to buy right. within that same price, and he was like, okay, well, we can actually own something yeah. versus mm-hmm. like renting. So mm-hmm. then it kind of shifted the mindset a little bit. Right. But I'm that's appreciative right. he was on board and was like, right. okay, let's do mm-hmm. this thing. And that's what it takes, though. Yeah. You well, women I mean? are agitators. Yeah. <laughs> agitators. So, yeah, because they're not in a negative way, but we like to make things happen. So we'll get in there and stir mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, make it happen. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important to have a mate. Mm-hmm. who's on the same page as you and moving at the same pace. Absolutely. Or willing to move at the same pace. Absolutely. Yeah, willing to, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. To because there can, be a few, there can be a few bumps, mm-hmm. uh, you know, along the way of making your way. Absolutely. So you have to be, you know, you have to be agile. Yeah. Willing to jump over those bumps. And then once you get a bump on your knee, put a Band-Aid on it. Don't Keep it pushing. About it. Right. Keep it moving. Absolutely. Because y'all know I was bump, bumping and falling and trying to pick back up with that <laughs> mm-hmm. Cobb County, mm-hmm. with that Cobb. I was like, I want this one, but it just wasn't meant to be. And no. then, then once we found the one, it was like smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, yeah. it, it just shows you anytime you're moving within your purpose or your purpose or um, according to God's plan, it's like yes. seamless. Exactly. Yeah, so absolutely. It was absolutely. it was yeah. cool. I said, Janine, I'm your grandmother first, but I'm also your realtor. <laughs> and uh, I think this is too far away. Yeah. Yeah. We both agreed that yeah. that was the, she needed the case. to be. But I didn't want to say that to you, myself yeah. because I was only on hand to look at the property. Uh-huh. So well, see, I had that, the advantage yeah, because I was the realtor. Real I could too. speak at both. Yeah. So, but both. but y'all deep down they knew they could come out and say whatever they wanted to say to me, <laughs> like because that's definitely the type of relationship we have. But you know, in in retrospect, I don't want to spend too much time on that. But in retrospect, like the 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 aesthetics of it was like, ooh, this this some kind of gives me right. this like San Fran condo type mm-hmm. of situation. Mm-hmm. But then you start thinking about it, it was older. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of stairs. I had a baby. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was far away from everybody, so I don't have that support like right down the street. Right. So it was just a lot to consider. And it was choppy. You couldn't keep up with the baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So having this open concept mm-hmm. uh, home that you have now, it just makes a huge, makes a huge mm-hmm. yeah, difference yeah. in how even how you walk into your house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. before you had to walk up the, all, all these the stairs, stairs to finally yeah. get to the main living area. Yeah. But so in my mind, at the last minute, you could call me, Gigi, I need you to babysit yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's important. Oh, that was another hat that I forgot to put on there. Repertoire. They are also my babysitters, <laughs> but yeah, Which we love. She babysits us. Yeah, <laughs> she uh, entertains us. Yeah. So um, one. So another question I want to ask is a lot of times why we don't go into home ownership is because we think that it's not possible. But me going through it, I know that everybody's situation is different. Um, but I was afforded the opportunity to have parents and Judah's well to have parents that was like, you know what, we're not rushing you to get out of the house, but we want you to establish credit or to establish a savings or do whatever you need to do so that whenever you make your first move, it's the best move. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to young people who do want to go out into home ownership but just don't really know what the first steps are? For me, I feel like it's mindset. Right. Um, mindset and then... Um, your credit, mm-hmm. because with poor credit, no results. Yeah, no results. Um, so the first thing is to do is to get the credit in such a way that uh, it's low enough where you can um, realize low interest rates. Mm-hmm. 
And then from there, uh, it's a matter of saving, mm-hmm. putting away, get a plan to uh, save so that at, say, a year, two years down the road, if that's necessary, to go ahead and um, you, at that point, you'll have money set aside for the down payment, the closing costs, and that. So it's a plan. It doesn't happen overnight. But once you make that initial investment and um, you've accrued equity from that particular home, you can actually take that money, the equity from that first house, and apply that toward your second home. Oh, yes. South Beach, baby, we coming. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Exactly, exactly. But, um, yeah, that would, that would be the... The Those are plan. tangible mm-hmm. things to do. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that uh, home buying can be stressful, mm-hmm. but it's 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 an emotional thing too. So if you can separate your emotions from the actual property, mm-hmm. then find the property that you like versus finding the property that you love. Mm-hmm. Make that purchase, then fall in love with it, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. But the minute you find the house that you're in love with first, mm-hmm. and that deal doesn't happen, you're emotionally drained. You get frustrated. Yeah. yeah. So you try and kind of got to try to keep your emotions on an even keel mm-hmm. so that as you do the, the uh, shopping process of home buying, that you don't get your emotions inter- intertwined with. Um, with the the way that the property looks or whatever. You know That's what right. I'm saying? Okay. Uh, Good advice, good advice. So we covered a lot of ground here, y'all. So my final question, (laughs) my final question is, what tidbit of advice do you want to pass on to generations under the family coming um, as it pertains to ownership and or entrepreneurship? Get prepared for living right away. In other words, um, For the younger people, for it's not easy to make decisions, or you cannot make decisions on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be an experiential factor involved. You know, and that comes from the those of us who've been here for a while. And I'm not asking you to, you know, bring and dump all your burdens on the doorstep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's certain things you're gonna have to handle on your own. Mm-hmm. But know that the door is open for you mm-hmm. forever. And be open to receiving advice. There you go. <laughs> like, don't be stuck. That's the best advice for your 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 the, right there. You know that right. you're gonna get. Don't be don't don't be closed minded. As a matter of fact, you already sometimes know the answer to the question that you're giving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just be. Don't be afraid of what comes with it. You yeah. know what I mean? There's pain. There's you know. There's joy. There's there's uh, twists and turns and curves. Yeah. You have to be. In other words, develop skin like an alligator. You know what I'm saying? But yet, keep your emotions separate from all of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's a lot It's a lot of, of growing to do. Mm-hmm. And in this generation, there's going to be early pain with, with the process of life. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, you know, it took a while for us to become mature. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This... This generation here requires early maturity. You experience a lot. And, and pay attention. I'm, I'm, I'm say stay woke again. It, kind of, <laughs> it sounds cliche, yeah. but pay attention to what's going on in this world. Yeah. You know, because it all affects you. 
you know, politically, uh, economically, uh, emotionally, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, you know, just don't keep yourself evenly keeled and follow the word of God. Amen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Keep, keep God in the forefront and, and trust him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, you really can't. Our lying eyes will tell us that there is no such thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we haven't seen him yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and how can you love something that you've never seen? That's where faith, faith. comes in. That's where faith comes in, <laughs> yeah. right? But it goes back to community, too. Mm-hmm. You can see your community, but do you love it? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's work on uh, self, personal mm-hmm. development, mm-hmm. learning, knowing, um, um, being able to disperse wisdom, edifying, lifting folks up, maintaining positivity, you know, and, and let that overpower negativity, you know, right. and stop feeling so much. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. I feel this, I feel that. Stop feeling so right. much. You know what I'm Super saying? Super sensitive. Yeah. 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 And that's what I have to say. Great tidbit. Mm-hmm. I think Prepare. that uh, preparedness is high on the list um, because we're known to be the greatest consumers mm-hmm. and I think if we reduce our consumption um, to the point where it's I mean we can make kind of do without in order to build this nest egg because good credit and a savings can get you almost anything mm-hmm. not just a house mm-hmm. but that's power Yeah, right. that's power Excellent. All right. Well, that wraps up our conversation today. Thank you all so much again for being here with me. I really enjoyed our conversation. This is just us like sitting, having a conversation, honestly, y'all. Drinking tea. Drinking tea. I just happened to record this one. Thanks, Janine, for allowing us the opportunity. This is great. Yay. I'm glad you for having the the incentive to record one of our conversations. (laughs) Because we do, folks, we talk like this. All the time. All the time. So, yeah. So, um, thank you again so much. Uh, Do you want to plug anything? Gigi's a realtor. She's flipping and selling and (laughs) houses and whatnot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Papa Jeff, do you want to plug yourself? Sure. Um, uh, Jeff Payton's Place Salon, located at um, 2980 Grandview Avenue, off of Far Road. In Buckhead, and that zip code is 30305. Mm. My phone number is 216-413-8711. Call for an appointment immediately. We'll do a consultation, get you prepared for whatever your hair care needs are. So uh, let me piggyback that. I've got a plug with Gina, though. Plug G, yeah, plug, plug G. G. This lady probably the best realtor, and I'm not just saying that because she's my wife, mm-hmm. but she's batting a 1,000 on property sales in other words most times you have to take uh you have to take a realtor out for three four times Mm -hmm. and she'll take you out the first time (laughs) (laughs) you you find the house that you want that's the next thing you know you're in it solutioner yeah they her 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 real name is the the facilitator yeah is that right the facilitator Mm -hmm. yeah yeah regina payton uh the facilitator at Coldwell Banker. So um, give her a shout, man, and especially if you need a house. If you're looking to buy a house, you all need a house. <laughs> right. But, but if you're looking to buy a house right now, you know, give her a shout. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, um, I'm a realtor and have been for years. I'm with Coldwell Banker. And um, my passion is actually placing people, families into homes. And uh, I can be reached at 404-397-8444. Perfect. You. And I'll be sure to tag and put all of their contact info inside of the uh, podcast or the or the episode description rather. I hope you all have a great week. Thank you so much for checking in with me with a little bit of classy ratchetry. I'm not going to cuss this week. And I will check you next week on what I think about this week. Peace.